Welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. I'm Leanne, and I'm so excited that you are tuning in to my Release 2020 podcast series. This is a series of short interviews with people from all walks of life sharing their experience with COVID-19 during this year 2020. I'll be asking each guest questions like, what was the hardest part of COVID for you? Did you notice that you had higher levels of stress, anxiety, or even depression? In those moments of heightened stress or anxiety or depression, how did you notice your behavior or thought processes changed? What were things that made that stress worse? And what were things that made it better? Did you learn anything new about yourself? And going forward, what can you shift or adjust or pivot to have a better response in the future? There are no right or wrong answers in this series, and this is in no way meant to say that there is a right or wrong response to dealing with COVID. In fact, the goal and mission of this series is just the opposite. It's just to highlight each person's unique experience with this. Throughout the entire year, I have been hearing people, friends, family, people on social media saying things like, I just want to forget 2020, I want to pretend like it didn't happen. And to me, I have learned so much about how repressed emotions over time can really manifest as physical disease and really just linger and create this festering unease or dis-ease within the body. And so I wanted to do something to encourage people not to just forget 2020 and pretend like it never happened, but rather to take a pause and acknowledge whatever the feelings were that came up this year. And I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but I think if each of us can, to even some extent, bring up the feelings, acknowledge them, process them a little bit, learn what we can from them, and then release them. And so that's why the series is called Release 2020. I think all any of us can do in any given moment is respond to the best of our ability. And so many of us may have felt like we didn't respond the way we wanted to this year or like we lost time. And again, the messaging of this series isn't, well, you should have done this, but rather the messaging is just, okay, all any of us can do is look at how we responded and say, do I want to continue to respond in that way going forward? Or do, or do I want to make some shifts so that I can respond in a different way, whether it's to COVID or some other type of very stress-inducing incident that comes in the future. So I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, how we deal with stress, what are the things that cause stress or anxiety or depression for us, what do we do when those moments happen, and how can we put things in place going forward so that maybe we respond to it in a better way in the future. And you guys know I love my challenges or the magnetic moments that I give you, and so the challenge in this series is to for the rest of December, keep a piece of paper and just start by writing down all the negatives from 2020, anything painful. And as December continues on, continue adding to that piece of paper anytime something comes up. And then on New Year's Eve, at the end of the year, we all together virtually will take that piece of paper of all the negatives from 2020 
and physically burn it on New Year's Eve right before 2021. So I hope you'll jump on board with that. I hope listening to these interviews inspires you to think about these questions for yourself. And I think it can create just a beautiful ripple effect of if your partner or your children see you making that list of the negatives of 2020 and processing it, learning from it, and then releasing it, hopefully it inspires them to do the same thing. Lastly, if you do find this series thought-provoking, helpful, inspiring, please consider sharing an episode or two with a loved one. You guys sharing these episodes really is the biggest way that people discover my podcast. And so it means so, so much to have your support in that way and see it in that way. If you do listen, consider taking a screenshot, throwing it up on social media and tagging me. It absolutely fills my heart with joy to see you guys listening, hear your feedback and your responses. So please tag me in something, send me a direct message on Instagram. I always include my social media links and my website in the show notes where you can find me. And with that, please enjoy this Release 2020 podcast series. Well, Brett, welcome back to the Accrescent Podcast. Well, thank you, Leanne, for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah. And for anyone who is just tuning in, Brett was actually on the show a few months ago and we had a really awesome discussion on Black Lives Matter and just everything that was coming up during that time. So I'll definitely make sure I link that episode in the show notes. But today we are talking all about 2020 and COVID. And I want everyone who's tuning in to really get an idea of the background of the speaker. So Brent, can you share with us your age, your profession, where you're living? All right. So my name is Brent Corbett. Um, I'm currently working at UCLA Psychiatric Hospital as a mental health practitioner. And on the side, um, I'm a life coach, motivational speaker, uh, working on my own uh, motivational branding called What's Your Royalty? So uh, a lot of positivity with that, uh, a lot of um, good things yet to come. So um, I'm excited about that. But I live in Rancho Cucamonga, uh, probably about 45 minutes to an hour away from L.A. So still pretty centralized. Um, but that's pretty much my background in regards to what I'm doing right now, um, how COVID has really taken its effect. Uh, I would say it's, 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 it's been different. I think I've seen so many different lenses, so many different perspectives, especially working in the hospital. So working in the hospital setting has really brought to it in a, in a certain limelight, in a forefront to where I could see, you know, day to day, uh, the, the detriments that it's had on people's lives. And um, not only from just, uh, you know, emotional and physical perspective, but from even financial, you know, financial breakdowns, which I'm sure we'll, you know, get into a little later. But uh, yes, that's pretty much about me right now. Yeah, well, I think that you have such a great perspective to it all being in the healthcare industry. But I think, I guess just on a personal level, what has been the biggest impact of COVID on your life, the hardest thing for you to deal with about it? I think the hardest because thankfully, and I'm truly blessed to not have uh, anyone in my family or my uh, close circle of friends really be impacted uh, in, a, in a very physical sense uh, or in, in a standpoint of health. But I would say on me personally, I would say that I love to do life with people, right? Like I'm just this individual who wants to be immersed into this, this whole concept of motivating others and to do life with people. And I love being around others. And the fact that this has created such a separation 
um, I would say that it, that's taken its biggest toll on me so far, not being able to see my friends, my family, um, taking away this this normalcy of life, you know, the this the subtleties, I think the simplistic being able to go, you know, link up with a friend and say, hey, let's go down here. But you don't know if that operation of, you know, whatever you're trying to do is going to be open or closed. You know, that store can be closed because of the, the impact of COVID. Um, also having this tug of war between um, social responsibility. You know, you, you don't want to go out and about and be reckless, but at the same time, you also want to live your life. And I think the biggest detriments to me personally has been um, that tug of war, not being able to see friends, but then also still wanting to go out and live my life. So I would say it's taken more so a, an emotional toll more than it has a physical. Yeah. So what have some of the effects of that been on you? Did you notice yourself feeling anxious or stressed or even depressed at all? Um, throughout the year, thankfully, because of my employment status being, you know, so-called an essential worker, that's given me the sense of like normalcy, right? My day-to-day, being able to work my shifts, going into the hospital. But then also, I would say that it, it did increase, it, it did increase the sense of stress more so than it did like anxiousness, um, depression. I didn't really go through those things, but I did find myself thinking a lot more, um, overthinking situations, wondering from day to day, is my family going to be okay? Because my mom, she's actually a nurse and she works in the COVID unit. So that, you know, brought some um, worrisome to me, but always really just wondering, is my family going to be okay? For me personally, I'm, I'm not such a deep thinker in the way that I overly stress about day-to-day things, but I feel like this has increased this this sense of of the unknown, right? Like not knowing what's going to happen. And I think seeing the environment around me, the collapse of a lot of people's homes, this increased depression with others, uh, family, friends, losing loved ones, that really is what took its toll on me. Not necessarily the these sense of like depression on myself, but more so seeing others around me going through so much detriment. And I think 2020 has been such a year to remember (laughs) and not in the best way. You know, I think my friends and I, we've, we've coined like not this phrase, but it's like when something happens, we say, oh, well, it's 2020. And, and we created this, this expectation that everything crazy that could happen will happen in this year. So I think with the environment around it's, it's created a pretty fragile system. And for me, that's where my biggest detriments came with. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's the saddening of the environment, you know, this new foundation of, of pain, so to speak. You can see it in so many people's faces. So that's where my biggest struggle came with. So how did you, when those feelings come up or when you were really missing your friends, what did you start to do to just get through it? It's insane to think that we couldn't for nine months not gather with family and friends as we normally would and I think all of us have had to find different ways to just navigate that and mentally keep ourselves ourselves stable so how did you find or what did you find worked for you I think for me it was this level of vulnerability and transparency I feel like those were the two key factors of establishing a new foundation for myself. So being vulnerable with myself, being transparent with myself and acknowledging that you can't just shun this away, right? You can't just put it to the back and say that it's not happening or try to ignore the fact that it's so present. So I really opened up to a lot of friends. If I was struggling in a day, um, they're only a phone call away. 
I'm thankful and blessed to have good friends in a good circle. So um, either if it was text or if it was through Zoom or if it was through FaceTime, whatever the case was, I would reach out to a couple of close friends and um, exercise that communication, you know, try to be as present as possible with them, even at a distance. You know, even if we weren't able to do what we like to do, um, go out, have a good time, we were still able to talk to one another. And that helped me a lot. Um, also, along with getting away. So getting away from my environment. So I like to go down like San Diego. I like to uh, maybe like Palm Springs, anywhere that had like scenery, something that was different from my my environment, because I feel like when you get so immersed into your environment and you get so stuck and you feel like you're trapped, that starts to create this sense of bondage, so to speak, you know, so you're, you're feeling like you're just stuck in, in, a, in a certain place. So for me, I like to get away, um, even if I was hiking, going to the beach, doing things that were uh, different, you know, for myself and letting nature and letting outside space be my sense of calming. So mm. I love that. Yeah, I noticed that for myself, too, especially because I love to travel. And normally within a given year, I'll travel at least five, six times either out of country or within the country. And so I really have felt like I'm on house arrest, even right. though, I mean, obviously, I'm so utterly blessed to be in house arrest in Orange County. But right. still, you get those those sort of anxious feelings of like, okay, I got to do something. But I actually very much on the same page of I really went to nature, whether it was just going to the beach once or twice a week just to walk on the sand or going on a hike by myself, just exactly changing your environment. Right. I feel like that's it's extremely important. Um, we had to find different avenues and different means to being able to escape, right? And it's not necessarily escaping from your reality, but more so giving yourself a break. And I think that is how I dealt with any type of mental tolls or, you know, physical anxieties or stresses that were starting to dawn upon. So mm -hmm. I really, really had to find new avenues and get uncomfortable to find new comforts. Yeah, oh, I love that. And when you did, when you were feeling a little bit more stressed or anxious because you couldn't be with people or for whatever reason, how did you notice your behavior or your thought process shifting a little bit? Did you get, you know, less patient or fearful or isolating what were some of the things that you went to i think for me because i wear my emotion on my sleeves anybody that knows me understands that i just i love life so i'm like this really goofy bubbly type individual who likes to laugh and have a good time so for me it was easy to be in tune with myself the lack of being able to laugh the lack of being able to smile and do those day-to-day -day things that i just love um was my triggers those were my like okay i i need to regain focus. I need to center myself and I need to find uh, my inner peace. I need to find my happinesses. And I realized not just going, you know, going to work wasn't enough. Getting away wasn't enough. It was exercising communication, being present in what it is that I wanted to do. So I feel like it helped elevate my visions. It helped really push me to a place where I was able to focus, um, I'm very spiritual. So then in my spirituality, I was able to grow through any type of isolation. Um, I really kind of found myself this year, too. I felt like throughout any season in anybody's life, it gives you an opportunity to grow. And, you know, unfortunately, COVID-19 pushed a lot of people into the opposite direction. But for myself, I 
found myself coming to like a fork right in the street and you could either go left or you go right and left was this sense of um letting your environment dictate how you act or going right was you know what i'm gonna push myself and i'm gonna create a bigger vision um, I'm going to find what it is that I want to do, find new loves in my life, find new passions. And throughout that process has been a blessing. So that is such a key point. And I think COVID-19 has been triggering for people for so many different reasons. But one of the big ones is I've heard from a couple of different people now that that first month of lockdown, it really felt like just holiday vacation, do whatever, mess around. And then after that, that's when it really started to set in of like, okay, wait, what am I doing with my life? I feel like my time is just slipping away. And then it turned into this sort of clash of, well, we need to be super efficient and productive and clean your pantry and all these different things. And then for other people, it was like, no, but I don't want to do that. So, and I think this series is not meant to make people feel like there is a certain way to deal with it. It's actually just the opposite. It's meant to show people that, look, however you did it, it's okay. There's no right or wrong way. It's just about analyzing your defaults and what happened. What do you do when you're stressed? What do you do when you're depressed? And if you can recognize that, maybe we can make positive shifts or adjustments going forward in the future. But with that said, how did you get to that? Like, okay, I'm going to refocus. I'm going to process through some of these things. Like you said, I, you know, it's unique because in the beginning, it really was like, how do we get acclimated to this, to the situation, right? So I think a lot of people kind of fell into what they normally would do, right? Like that holiday type seasonal mindset or mood right so i gotta be on lockdown well okay well i'm gonna be in the house and i'm gonna do those those day-to-day things i'm gonna you know clean or i'm gonna you know try to be productive in the small things but i think as time went on and people became more anxious and impatient with the process and started to realize well this isn't you know this isn't the norm you know this isn't okay anymore um i found myself having to refocus at that point right even if it was I would say maybe within like four or five months within uh, the the process of COVID, I felt a lot of pressure because just graduating from school and not really moving forward in my in my career endeavors and being kind of standstill put this pressure of, well, I put a lot of work in to get to where I'm at now, but I also put a lot of work to advance. And I felt myself kind of like in quicksand, slowly but surely moving downward instead of moving forward. And that's not me. As a person, I I love to move forward, even if it's baby steps. You know, I practice what I preach. And I feel like since I wasn't able to do that, that's where my my mindset started to kind of drift. But then refocusing, finding a place of uncomfortable or uncomfortability to, to find my new comforts. That's where I felt like I started to increase my vision, started to really push my personal products, started to really get deeper into my workplace finding different avenues, how to get better. I started to read more. Um, I started to do things that I felt like without this particular situation to apply that pressure, I may not have done it at the rate that I'm doing it now. So that's where I find my thankfulness. in. And so I, I know that we all take the situation of COVID in different, um, in different limelights. But I think for myself, personally, I've been able to adjust, create a larger lens, and I'm thankful for that vision. And I'm thankful for the support system because the people around me never gave up on me. And I think that's a testament to why it's so important to have um, strong niche friendships, relationships, and family bonds. Was there a conscious moment when you were like, okay, I can't 
I see what has happened the last four months and I don't want the next four months to be like that. And then you consciously were like, okay, things need to change. I think in the conscious moment, I would say it would fall under a few of the conversations I had with my friends. It was, like I said before, that level of vulnerability and transparency, um, being able to express these certain things in my life and f- this way of you know feeling that I'm stuck or I'm not moving forward and acknowledging that 99.9% of the people around me kind of felt that way, right? But how and finding ways of how do you move forward? And so I got a lot of good advice. Um, and I would say that my particular moment of being able to transition came with those conversations with good friends. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a beautiful point to make of. It all starts with being able to acknowledge what you are currently feeling. If we just keep beating it down, we pretend we're okay, we pretend we're fine, we don't ever process it, then it's just going to be there, kind of festering in our body and our soul indefinitely, creating all kinds of havoc. And so I love that you had the courage, the confidence, whatever, to just share where you're at with your friends. And then, as you said, they were able to pour in share some of their insights and give you that inspiration maybe that you were lacking in that moment. Absolutely. Uh, You know, that subconscious protection that we often try to um, put like this body of armor around us, right? So that we don't want to acknowledge what is happening because in that place we find comfort. But I utilize that word, you know, to be uncomfortable because it's extremely important to, to grow that way. I, I, a buddy of mine told me, you can't put comfort and growth in the same sentence. They never fit. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I, I, I took that and I ran with it. And I acknowledged that now that I am doing things that make me comfortable, I'm not growing. I'm not getting better. I'm not putting the sense of stress on myself, but that sense of stress often creates, you know, beauty. It often creates, you know, these tangible things in our lives that we want to go through. But a lot of people are fearful of going through that process. And unfortunately, we all have to go through this process of COVID, right? It's 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 a detriment to everybody's life. But we have to now step outside of a place of comfort to go ahead and overcome the things that COVID has put in our lives. Absolutely. 100%. I love that. That's such a beautiful statement. So Going forward, let's say we're going to be in this situation for another year. Crossing our fingers, we're not. But let's say we are. What were, mm-hmm. what would be some of the things you put in place to help you continue to move forward in a positive direction, keep you from falling into those stress patterns or those anxiety patterns? I think after being somewhat seasoned into what's happening now, and acknowledging that, you know, if another year uh, dawns upon us with with the detriments that COVID has put in our lives, I feel like acknowledging how far I have come in the midst of this storm and letting that be the reiteration to continue to move forward. Because at the end of the day, we're going to have bad days. At the end of the day, we're going to continue to have struggles, but that can't be the premise or the foundation of why we're not able to move forward, not creating any excuses And when I do find a situation to be overwhelming or possibly too much for me to handle by myself, then to continue to exercise that communication, find my my place of comfort in meditation, in my spirituality, doing things that, you know, I maybe didn't do as much before getting out into nature, going to the beach, you know, trying to find different avenues that don't necessarily help me escape my reality, 
but it helps me find my comfort in that reality. And, you know, moving forward, once again, you know, the anticipation that things will get better is all our hope. But if it doesn't, we can't be sent back so much that we f- we can't find a, a promising future. So for myself, it's to continue to surround myself with good people, take any type of toxicity out of my life, um, continue to to grow in knowledge. You know, I'm finding myself reading a lot more than I did before. Mm-hmm. And maybe with spare, my spare time, being productive. You know, for me, my productivity is coming in um, wanting to grow my business, wanting to grow my personal endeavors. And in the midst of that, I want to continue to shine light into other people's life. And that's my comfort. So somebody else's comfort can be something different. Or so some, somebody else's happy place can be, some, can be something completely different. But for myself, I know that if I can continue to do the things that I love, and make an impact, even if that impacts not financially, but it could be emotionally, spiritually, uh, that takes its toll on people's physical. So I find my love in that in that manifestation. So to continue to grow as an individual, but in my individual growth, be able to impact those around me. Did you find that conversations became really, really repetitive? It sounds like you were able to maintain a really deep level of connection with your friends and your family. But I'm wondering, did it start like that? Or because for me, it felt like there was just, you know, a four plus month period of time where there were really only two topics of conversation, either COVID or the elections. And I just got to a place where I was so burnt out on those topics. And I was just craving deeper conversations, but it was difficult too. And I'm not putting the blame on anyone, but it's difficult because there wasn't a lot happening for most people. So you you call someone or maybe you do get to go see them and it's sort of like, well, what's new with you? Well, not much. I've been working from home for the past three months. You know? Right. It, it, so I really found myself craving those deeper conversations, but having a hard time triggering them with certain people. But I was curious if you noticed that too at all. Yeah. I noticed a lot of conversations were very rigid. Uh, I noticed that it was a lot of high tension. Um, Especially because I feel like this time has created such this separation of thought and the separation of physical, you know, doing life with people, you know, that somebody's right in front of you is completely different than doing life with them at a distance. So I found that friendships um, were being altered a little bit. And I noticed that everybody has this different mindset and it created a very uh, fragile foundation for a lot of people. So those topics of, you know, the presidential election, the topics of COVID, are very sensitive topics because the lenses that people see it through could be completely different. And now it creates this, this alarming, you know, self-defense. Well, you don't believe this? Well, that's wrong, you know? And I felt like, yes, that was very challenging, but um, I learned to share the same light and love with everybody that I approached, whether that was a friend, whether that was an acquaintance, whether that was a stranger. Um, and I oh, realized- a coworker, right? Like, regardless of what the situation was, I noticed that within myself that I wanted to grow personally. And throughout my personal growth, I had to be, I had to be honest with others. But in the midst of that honesty, I had to also be open. So whatever they told me, I, you know, I accepted. And I tried not to let the rigidness of the conversation deter what it was that we were trying to accomplish. That's a friendship. That's your coworkers. That's, you know, the premise of love. Those things, you know, those things are still important. So, yes, I ended, like I, I found conversations to be very, you know, 
very dull in the beginning, but then I think as the process went along and I started to find certain light throughout the situation, then you start to bring that, that, that positivity back to the table, you know, bringing up new conversations, new topics. How do you spice up a topic of conversation? How do you get it to gear towards the direction of growth? How do you get it to gear towards something that has positivity of a future endeavor, right? So if a friend is struggling, giving them hope, but not only just giving them hope, giving them a reason to laugh and smile. That, you know, I found that to be important in new conversations and new topics. <laughs> I wish so many more people had that outlook because it has, I've seen just how polarizing these topics can be and COVID almost more than the presidential election. You know, people, I, were, I was hearing stories of people losing friends over differing opinions about COVID. And I think it just comes down to exactly what you're saying. If we, we need to be able to have these differing opinions, but still maintain relationships. And I think we we are already a very individualistic culture, but this specifically, I think, has brought that to an all new extreme. Absolutely. It's, it's scary to see. And I think that's been definitely a source of anxiety for me is seeing how quickly people will turn against you or cut you out of their life if you have a differing opinion on something as big as this. And I just think it's incredibly harmful and counterproductive. And it leaves everyone feeling like they're alone on their own little island with right. no one to support them. So. I mean, I feel like it exposed a lot of truth. So it exposed the way that, you know, people are willing to respond and act. And I think in the midst of them responding that way, it's a lot of times based off of the foundation of fear. So a fear-driven response is going to alter the way that maybe somebody may think originally. And now you go into this how like survival mode. How do I survive and keep my family safe while, you know, while throughout this process, uh, a friendship or an acquaintance, I'm willing to drop that because I need to keep what is my original foundation or, you know, try to keep my home safe. And I, I understand that thought process, but I felt like that was being heightened, like you said. And now you have a lot of people doing pretty obscene things, you know, in the grocery store. Some of the things that I seen was ridiculous. And, you know, that whole survival instinct and, it, you know, it really played a, it really played a toll. But I think to to bring it full circle, I had to really adjust and once again, find that light within myself to find to bring that to the you know topics of conversations for others to put positivity into their life and once again to bring a laugh and a smile and you know that was at the the foundation of my, you know a lot of the topics of conversations i had with friends mm -hmm. and to be the example yourself of i love how you're saying that you did challenge yourself to have those conversations but still come at them with the the reminder in the back of your head that the common goal here is to have a friendship you know, the common goal of this conversation really at the end of the day is to connect, not to stake our ground and decide who's right and who's wrong. And I think if we can keep that in mind a little bit more. And then also it just, you know, like that quote says, be the change you want to see. Exactly. And I did. I got to a point where I found myself really just avoiding those conversations, not engaging in them anymore, because first of all, you've had them 500 times already. <laughs> And you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't want to argue. I don't want to discuss. But if I think that's such a good challenge to put out there for myself included to 
challenge myself to have those conversations, share my opinions confidently, but always maintaining that level of respect. And then the other person, how they respond, that's completely on them. But if you can live out an example of that, I think it might start to help people shift their perspective and then live that out as well. Exactly. You know, I love that word respect. You know, that's that's got to be at the premise and foundations of a lot of people's conversations. It, it'll it'll create a healthier you know system of being able to communicate with one another and it'll help open up the lenses for people. And having an open mind is super important. If I disagree, that's okay. Cause that term, like I can agree to disagree, but that doesn't mean I need to be rude, disrespectful, nor do I need to try to diminish my friendships because of that. You know, once again, doing life with people is extremely important. So in the midst of doing life, you have to understand that everybody or a lot of people are going to have different life views. And so this is a, 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 a testament to that, you know, COVID has really brought out a lot of, um, a lot of ugly truths, but then at the same time, it's also helped me reach within myself to want to be a better person and to extend that to uh, my family and friends. So on that note, I, I want to always close with everyone on some of the highlights of 2020, because I think regardless, we can all dig deep and find some things. And it sounds like you've got some really special things. Um, the highlight of 2020, uh, outside of it being probably the longest year I could... <laughs> possibly possibly imagine um i would say self-love self-growth um this this concept of my vision being huge right now i'm excited once again i told you earlier that i have my own uh, motivational branding called what's your royalty and i think that's going to be one of the biggest highlights of 2020 for myself is getting um acknowledgement from it really tapping in with people and letting my messages resonate with them so I'm excited for the for the future endeavors, the opportunities that are on the way. Um, it, it keeps me excited. So for 2020, I would say that the greatest highlight would be just this self-motivating understanding of myself, being so immersed into wanting to be a better person. And despite what happens, I can't control what's in my environment, but I can control how I act in my environment. So with that, I've learned how to really be a better person you know, open up, communicate, be transparent. Um, that level of vulnerability is such a key factor. I couldn't emphasize that enough. So um, I would say 2020 was uh, one hell of a year, but within that year, um, self-growth has been in abundance, self-love and finding myself even more so than I have before. And now letting that be at the premise of what my future is going to look like, the way I want to do my relationships, the way that I want to handle certain situations that I feel like are challenging. And in the midst of that, I, I have to give credit to what COVID has done. And outside of the detriments, you know, outside of, unfortunately, the deaths and outside of the heartaches and pains, I would say that those who are continuing to have the blessing of life and to live day to day um, can take a lot from it and really understand what is this definition of life? What does it mean to you? What is purpose? What is love? What is accreditation to what you've been through and how you can continue to pass these on to future generations to come, um, leaving behind a legacy? You know, all these things I never really thought of until this year. And it's really helped me focus. And I'm thankful for that. So I would say that the biggest highlight is surrounded behind uh, having this ultimate vision of wanting to be a better person inside and out. 
I love that. And I, it's funny because what it's bringing to mind is all the time. And I didn't say it at the beginning, but you and I went through our MBA program together all through 2019. That's the right. connection here. But <laughs> you say all the time in person and on social media, apply pressure, apply pressure. Right. And I love it. I'm just beaming right now because this year, so much pressure has been applied to you and you are just absolutely shining because of it. No, and I so appreciate again, that. It's like you you do, you absolutely practice what you preach. And when that pressure is applied, you don't bend, you use it to brighten you, sharpen you, whatever it is. And I can physically see that. I mean, you've always been such a vibrant person with a vision and wanting to change people's lives. But I am telling you right now more than ever, I think you're there and you're on that path and you're just shining. No, I appreciate that. You know, I, I love that term apply pressure because I feel like even from like the physical sense to a very t tangible sense that pressure can either, you know, burst pipes or it creates diamonds. And I love that phrase because that's what it often does. And I've actually utilized this sense of, you know, when people are working out, right, the best time that they're gaining their their what is it that they want to achieve, whether that's muscle or if you're trying to lose weight, whatever the case is, you're applying a lot of pressure. And so that physical sense is you can't grow without the pressure that's being applied. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that 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 term and I appreciate the acknowledgement. I appreciate the reiteration um, and the positive affirmation. It means a lot to me. So uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. And just to throw in there too, if like for me, seriously, this year, the pr the pressure was applied and I'm telling you, I probably burst like six pipes. <laughs> There's no diamond. Okay? <laughs> but the message isn't the message for me. It's always about it's not about how often I get off track or how often I fall down. It's about how quickly can I get back on track? And for me, it's been like, I mean, literally, I feel like I've burst five pipes. I've been knocked to my knees six times this year and I've gotten back up every single time, but I feel like now within the last month, like a huge shift has really happened for me where I'm at a point now that it's like, okay, this pressure isn't going anywhere. And now I'm ready to just keep facing it head on. I'm not going to let it bring me to my knees anymore. And that's the purpose. Honestly, that is exactly what you said is the purpose of pressure It's because no matter what it does in the sense of it may knock you down, it may um, create this, this moment of distress. What you've taken from it is you've learned how to persevere. You've learned how to overcome your, you know, your, your challenges. And within that, that's the beauty that a lot of people overlook. People only focus and fixate on the on the moment of distress and they don't acknowledge that that's creating the diamond in their life that is going to shine for others to marvel at and to be able to say, look, look at this person. This person is something worth talking about because they were able to come out their mud, so to speak. They were able to weather their storms and that person is going to be able to shine light on others because of the pressure they were over or able to overcome. Oh, B, that's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And just thank you so, so much for giving all of us your time again, coming on here. I just, I could keep talking to you for hours. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate your time, your willingness to put me back on your show, on your podcast. Uh, I love what you do. Please continue to do more, continue to grow in your endeavors. And uh, there's a lot of people out there who need to hear your messages. So um, I'm glad to be a part of the process and I appreciate you for that. Thank you. 
Thanks, B. Absolutely. Love you, Love you too. <laughs> <laughs>